Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you <laughs> in Amazing. some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater. And this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school, you're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You almost have to try to mess California up. Yeah, that's what Gavin Newsom has done since he's been governor. He's the first governor to ever lose population. They actually, at one point, ran out of U-Hauls in the state of California because so many people were leaving. Of course, he's imposed restrictions on his own people while exempting himself from those restrictions and going to the French Laundry while his people were suffering. He led the country in school closures, locking kids out of school while he had his own kids in private school in person. Now, he's very good at spinning these these tales. He's good at, at being slick and slippery. He'll, he'll tell a blizzard of lies to be able to try to mask the failures. But the reality is they have failed because of his leftist ideology. And the choice for America is this. What Biden and Harris and Newsom want to do is take the California model and do that nationally. In Florida, we showed that conservative principles work. This country must choose freedom over failure. DeSantis came out hot last night. That was his opening remark about he's going to hit you with a blizzard of lies. The debate between Ron DeSantis of Florida and Gavin Newsom of California. I was so excited about it. What effect it will have, whether electorally or ideologically in America, I have no idea. I'm sure it'll be less than I would hope. Um, By the way, that a response to that uh, from Gavin Newsom was he went on on a different topic. He didn't respond to it. Right. Yeah, dodged it completely. Uh, I know one interested observer, along with uh, us and and you, was Kevin Kiley, congressman for the uh, 3rd Congressional District in California. Also, Kevin, if you don't follow him on uh, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, or otherwise, is one of the uh, most articulate and thorough critics of uh, Gavin Newsom and progressive politics in California around. And he joins us now. Kevin, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well. How are you? 
Good, good. Did you uh, force yourself to watch uh, most or all of the debate last night? Uh, I, uh, that's a good term for it, having to, to listen to Newsom for that long. Uh, but, uh, you know, I actually felt like it was important to uh, fact check him as he sort of filled the airtime with uh, uh, a whole array of completely false and misleading statements. So I actually, yeah, was on Twitter or X and uh, trying to keep up uh, fact checking uh, what he said to make sure that the reality and life of California was understood for those watching. Yeah, I followed your Twitter feed uh, during and after the debate. What stood out to you most in terms of misleading things that the governor may have said? Oh, my gosh. Where do you even start? I mean, uh, the governor has this way of sort of just asserting the most absurd thing possible. Like, you know, Florida was a lockdown state when California, uh, by far, had the worst lockdowns of any state in the country. We're 50th out of 50 in getting kids back to school. So for the governor to stand up there and assert that uh, the governor of Florida shut down schools when actually Florida was third in the country in getting kids back to school, California was 50th in the country uh, in getting back to California school. California was, which is why my oldest is in private school, California was 50th in letting kids go back to school. Unbelievable. Absolutely. Worst in the country, 50th out of 50. And that's true, by the way, across basically everything with COVID. Business shutdowns, church shutdowns, all of the mandates. California was the most draconian in the country. Or when you talk about the California exodus, the reality of the situation where you have people leaving this state uh, in record numbers, California has led the nation in U-Haul rentals each of the last three years. This has never happened before in our history. We've gained population every single year. The state—that's what California has been all about. It's the state everyone wants to come to because we have we have everything here. We have so much to offer. So we've grown each and every year since we've been a state in 1850 until Gavin Newsom became governor. When not only did that trajectory reverse, but we now have the highest out migration rate in the entire country. And yet last night Newsom stood up there and tried to assert that it was directly the opposite you know i don't want to get hung up on this point but it was that was one of a couple of occasions where newsom attacked DeSantis from the right calling him a lockdown governor and i don't know if that's just because he'd prefer trump to be the nominee or whatever but that was just weird uh kevin i know you have some pretty strong feelings about the uh, so-called homeless policy and california newsom's claims to that effect Sure. I mean, Newsom uh, made some claims about how he's uh, spent a ton of money on homeless. And actually, that was true. Maybe the one true thing that he said uh, in the entire debate is that he has poured $20 billion of our tax dollars in homeless over the last uh, five years. But even he has said that Californians are wondering where the heck all their tax dollars are going. Because the problem, as he spent more and more money, has gotten worse and worse. California's homeless population has grown 15 times faster than the rest of the country over the last few years. I mean, if you look at what's happening in San Francisco, uh, if you walk through the streets of San Francisco, and you're going to tell me that the problem is getting better? I mean, if it was getting better, they wouldn't have needed to do this fire drill to clean up the city for the arrival of the president of China uh, like they did just a couple weeks ago. And so California at this point has half the unsheltered homeless in the entire country, uh, and, uh, you know, this has only gotten worse on Houston's watch. Uh, indirectly, back to the COVID thing. So the reason states were shutting down on uh, counties and cities was to try to save lives, right? So it's all about, was that successful or not? Or is there, you know, the, did Florida have a lot more people die because they didn't shut down as much? What are the actual statistics on that? Because they had battling stats that didn't match up. Well, the statistics are very clear, which is that California did not gain anything. If you look at however, whichever way you slice it, if you look, at, for example, at excess mortality 
over 2020 to 2022, the COVID years. Florida and California are the same, but actually that means Florida did better because California has the younger population. So generally speaking, you'd expect uh, Florida to be harder hit uh, by a disease that primarily affected uh, seniors. So when it comes to the, or the Lancet did a study, uh, which uh, basically standardized for those factors and found that California actually had one of the worst uh, mortality rates in the country, did worse than Florida. And so when you look at that, the fact that California actually did worse from a public health perspective, and then we had the absolute calamity to our economy, to our, to ed- our education system, and all of the other harms from these lockdowns that we are going to be experiencing for generations to come in this country. I mean, it's hard to imagine a more consequential failure uh, of political leadership than what happened here in California, which is why Governor Newsom is desperate, desperate to rewrite history. Simply try to put it through, I call it the COVID memory hole, to pretend we didn't shut down schools, to pretend we didn't do these lockdowns uh, and everything else. But, you know, we have 40 million people actually getting a little less, more, a little, some 39 million and change now, uh, who remember all too well uh, what we had to live through. Well, he was up there defending the indefensible, and you've got to admire his pluck in even trying that. Kevin Collies, the Congressman 3rd District, California, on the line. Uh, what did you make of the exchange about pornography in schools, or as Gavi would put it, uh, the book-banning binge in Florida? Well, you know, the interesting thing about this is that you can ask the governor, he's talking about all of these books that are allegedly banned, and so you can ask him, okay, well, what grade level do you think kids should have access to this book? or that book in? What grade level do you think it should be part of the curriculum? In it? And I bet he wouldn't say it should be available in every grade level. So this idea that we're banning books is just ridiculous. The uh, entire uh, you know issue is about uh, what materials are age appropriate for which age groups. But the larger point is this. Gavin Newsom loves talking about this issue. This state is banning this book. This state is banning. He's very concerned about what kids in other states are reading, he's not at all concerned with the fact that our own kids in California all too often cannot read at all. We have the lowest literacy rate in the entire country. We have 800 schools in California where 75% of the kids are not at reading level. Our eighth grade reading I need you to. I need, I need you to say that again. Say that again? Our eighth grade reading scores are the very worst in the entire country. Our fourth grade reading scores are third worst in the country out of any state. So we're not teaching our kids the basics of reading at all. In fact, there was a lawsuit. Uh, The state had to settle for tens of millions of dollars where kids sued the state of California for not teaching them to read. By the way, I was a 10th grade English teacher in inner city L.A., and Maya, I saw this firsthand. I taught 10th grade, and my students came in with an average reading level of fifth grade. Wow. Wow. Wow, well, you maybe about- I'm more concerned about the gender-bred person than I ought to be because the kids can't read those words anyway, but that is <laughs> shocking. <laughs> yeah, you talk about an underappreciated problem nationwide, and as you just heard, especially bad in California, it's just this kids not being able to do basic math and reading. It's just That's amazing. Right. I don't even want to go to that argument when we're talking about teaching the kids critical race theory, radical queer theory, gender theory, that sort of thing, because I think on its face, it's awful and immoral. But the fact that they're not learning the very basics is, I mean, that that should settle the argument. Uh, Enough genderbred person, more phonics. How could you disagree with that? Well, the only way you can disagree is put it the way uh, uh, Gavin would have last night. Uh, Joe Getty is against the rights of LGBTQ plus minus uh, students, which is not in the least true. 
Right. He needs to take the basic failures of government and try to conceal them using these, you know, culture war uh, type issues. That's, uh, you know, straight out of uh, Newsom's playbook. And frankly, our whole governing class in California is to sort of conceal the very anti-progressive realities of the state when you have huge achievement gaps in our schools, when you have kids who are not being given the opportunities they need to succeed in life because they're not being taught the basics, and try to conceal all of that with this smokescreen of sort of cartoonishly woke or progressive policies. That's the playbook uh, in California. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's what is enabling Newsom to go out and somehow tout California as a model for the nation uh, because it's where sort of these, uh, you know, progressive policies have been taken to the utmost extreme. But if you look at the actual results in places like San Francisco, in places like Los Angeles, where they tell you not even to wear your jewelry when you go outside, it's very clear that California is not some model for the nation like Newsom says. It's a warning to the nation about the terrible consequences of these policies. Kevin Kiley, Congressman, 3rd District of California. If you are not familiar with Kevin, you are now. you got to follow him on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. One of the truly effective uh, fighters for reasonable, realistic, conservative values. Kevin, well done. As always, good to talk to you. Thanks. Thanks so much. You got it. That rising star right there. Yeah. But how many stories have we heard from how many places across the country where there are shocking numbers of kids who can't read or do math? I mean, in some schools, some of your worst examples, like nobody can. Right. Right. You know, I'm just I keep coming back to the same thought. And it's, uh, you know, it's uh, what Thomas Sowell would have said if he were half as intelligent, which is to say about as bright as me. Um, Does it work is the question that is never asked in terms of policy or what's being taught or, well, policy in general. Does it work or not? Not does it make you feel good to say it? Does it sound righteous? Does it bring you closer together with your friends? No. Does it work? Need more of that. I want to get to that big story um, that Israel had the plans, Hamas's plans, for at least a year and ignored them. The ceasefire is over how that came to be and the reporting on it. The New York Times with a major quiet retraction that fits into this whole story. Also, I want to get to the, uh, Joe, work on your list of things that other people like that you don't. Because I'm going to go through my my 10. Okay, yeah, I'll get to work. That's my homework. It's a meme on Twitter. Uh, Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year 
at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Season finale of How Grandpa Got His Groove Back after a... Long and emotional journey, Bachelor Gary or Gary or Jerry or whatever the hell his name is, finally chose the woman he'll share the rest of his reverse mortgage with, and uh, he finally found the centrum to his silver. Guess what else? They're getting married just as they got engaged on TV, live January 4th. They're getting married. I guess at their age, we can't take any chances. Uh, congratulations to Gary and the one who didn't date Prince. They're you want to buy them a gift, they're registered at Crematorium and Barrel. Wow! Whoa! <laughs> wow! Whoa! Too much! Those are some pretty harsh jokes on ABC, the network that has The Bachelor and The Golden Bachelor. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. So The Golden Bachelor picked his woman last night, and, and uh, I know some people that were into that. That that hey they had soured on the Bachelor and the Bachelorette, but this brought them back the unique twist of having somebody in their golden years, very handsome older man. Yeah, that was a brilliant idea. So will they do an older Bachelorette then? Probably. Uh, I think they ought to. I've seen the uh, demographics on who still watches network TV. Right. So yeah, no kidding. Maybe yeah. that's what ABC was looking at. Yeah. Uh, Want to get to the big uh, latest news regarding the war in Israel coming up next segment? But came across this meme on, twi- meme on Twitter last night. Our friend Tim Sandifer, who was on the show yesterday, yesterday had answered the uh, question going around of uh, ten things people like that I don't. And his list is kind of interesting. Ten things a lot of people like that I don't: rap, sports, using right as a form of agreement, right. Uh, this one is odd. Writing a letter in PDF then sending it as an email attachment. I don't know. I don't know. Um, moral relativism. Talking about how much one loves bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Justice Holmes. That's a very Tim thing. New Trek, the new Star Trek stuff, and olives. Yes. Here's, olives. Here's oh. my list of things that other people like that I hate. One, two, three, four, and five are all eating at nice restaurants. I know that's like one of the biggest things in culture, and I couldn't hate it more. I find it. I'm painful. looking forward to two weeks of it. Oh my! In Europe. Oh, I can't wait. God, did you lose a bet? Um, number six, flying over driving. 
because I prefer driving over flying. Uh, That's a good one. Decor. I do not care about decor. I have no interest in your decor. <laughs> I can't walk through a home and enjoy anyone's decor. I do not care about decor. Wow. Uh, cities. Movies in a theater. No interest. And uh, grilling, which I hate. Wow. Wow. Those are things wow. I don't like that most other people like. What do you have? I'm just, I'm so astounded by that list. I need a moment or two to just, just reground myself. What kind of man are you? Uh, I've, I would like to point out that I've only had a couple of minutes to work on my list, and it's during work when I have other things to do. So I'm sure if you gave me an hour, I could come up with some good stuff. But uh, number one, pop music, it's formulaic and artificial. At the risk of sounding like an old guy, it was art in 1972. And so it you, is not art now. It's purely commerce. And you just can't, you don't seem to be just to even be able to handle taking it in as what it is. You just do No, not. it's incredibly annoying to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And oddly and interestingly enough, I separate a lot of uh, uh, rap out of that description. Most of it's garbage, but a lot of it's really creative and some incredibly good wordplay, but you have to look for it. I despise the term recording artist, related. Uh, uh, parties. Uh. I don't like parties. An hour later, I'm late for the door. It's just exhausting for me. Telling stories about what you've done lately, unless something ironic, amazing, frightening, or hilarious happened. I don't. Get, I almost dropped an S bomb. And finally, soda pop like Coke. Oh. No, no. <laughs> Parties. Armstrong and Getty. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And the fragile truce threatened. Video circulating online showing the moment Palestinian gunmen attacked a bus stop in Jerusalem, opening fire, sending the crowd running. At least four Israelis killed, including a pregnant woman, several more wounded. Hamas claiming responsibility. That's the very bus stop that I had been looking at on Google Maps as I was planning a trip to Israel, if you heard me talking about that the other day. A security expert friend of mine sent me an email overnight 
saying uh, traveling by bus to Jerusalem is as bad as your idea of getting a monkey is basically what he said. Um, uh, but that very bus stop, yeah, got shot up. Hamas has taken responsibility for that. And ABC reported um, Hamas claimed responsibility for shooting Jerusalem, uh, shooting innocents at a Jerusalem bus stop. An odd way, says one of my favorite texters, of ABC saying Hamas violated the ceasefire and killed more civilians. So that is not being picked up on any of this. Israel has resumed their bombing stories for today. It was going to happen regardless because the whole hostage exchange thing had run its course. But Hamas started firing rockets at Israel and shot up a bunch of people just trying to get on a bus in Jerusalem. Right. They violated the ceasefire. They started killing innocents again. I like this uh, this sign. Um, it's It was at Stanford University. Well, let me find it here. Shooting at civilians is not self-defense. That was aimed at Israel because they're killing indiscriminately civilians, you see. Mm-hmm. Shooting at civilians is not self-defense. You got those signs up at Stanford the day that Hamas is taking credit for terrorists murdering people waiting for the bus in Jerusalem. Shooting at civilians. Yeah. Right. Which is a brilliant illustration of how unspeakably idiotic the whole victim-oppressor way of seeing the entire world is. It is quite literally true among these people that the person with more power can do no good. Nothing they do can be justified. And the person with less power, nothing they do can be condemned. Israel War Room, which is a uh, Twitter feed. A lot of media headlines about Israel resuming its strikes in Gaza. None lead with the fact that Hamas broke the truce. Hamas didn't hand over the hostage list like they were supposed to. Hamas fired the rockets at Israeli civilians and then, as we mentioned, took credit for the attacks at the bus station. Uh, Which leads us to this. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken on... Yesterday, stepped up calls for Israel to comply with international law and spare civilians as it wages its war against Hamas in Gaza. On his third trip to the Middle East since the war began, Blinken said the U.S. remains committed to supporting Israel's right to self-defense. But he also said it's imperative that Israel protect civilians if it starts major military operations in southern Gaza. And here's the important part from the Associated Press. His message aligns with Biden administration's shifting rhetoric on the war which began as a full-throated embrace of Israel's response to the Hamas attacks, but gradually tempered as the number of Palestinian civilian casualties began to rise dramatically. Well, what are those numbers, and how dramatically did they rise? Well, you know, where a lot of people turn for that sort of information is the New York Times, who quietly retracted a story yesterday. They didn't do the full, we got this wrong the other day retraction. They just changed the headlines and the numbers in the online articles. You might not have picked up on this. I heard this the other day. Maybe you did, too. And it struck me as shocking. Uh, Headline on the front page of the Sunday New York Times. Probably the most important news real estate on planet Earth. Israel has killed more women and children than have been killed in Ukraine. And that was a talking point for a lot of people for the beginning of the week. When I heard that Sunday, I thought, really? Is that possible? Well, it turns out, no, it's not possible. Could it be true that the Israeli military, with its concern for protecting civilians, has perpetrated greater savagery than Vladimir Putin has in a year and a half when he's on purpose targeting civilians? No. 
it doesn't turn out that you can. And uh, this, who am I reading here? Um, this is from Free Beacon, the Washington Free Beacon. They dug into the story. The story was too good or bad to be true. By noon on Sunday, the headline in question disappeared from the digital version of the Times story. Obviously, that's after it's been discussed on the Sunday talk shows and uh, gotten into the heads of college students all around the world and that sort of thing. Been retweeted 100,000 times. Right. By late afternoon, the New York Times added substantial information that contradicted its initial claim and suggested the toll in Ukraine had been an order of magnitude greater than in Gaza. The only indication of these changes to their paper was a small note beneath the author's byline indicating the story had been updated. Yeah, so, updated as in, but now states the opposite of what your original headline was that got so much attention. By an enormous margin. Yeah. I would love so to sit down with a group of journalists uh, to discuss several of the points you've made already about the ceasefire and it being broken, about this, this sort of headline, and just in a very quiet way, ask them, how do you account for that? How do you explain that? What do you think now? and discuss with them their bias in a, in a calm, cool way. And I'd love to hear what they say. But you never, maybe there isn't a taste for that sort of forum, or maybe human beings can't pull it off. But, man, I'd like to see it. Well, and the reason I brought that up when I did is because, so you've got Secretary of State Blinken, you know, now much more scolding language about how careful Israel needs to be given the numbers of civilians killed. Well, what numbers are you talking about? Are you talking about the numbers on the front Sunday page of the Sunday Times, which turned out to be bogus? Well, as I've said many times, and this is a great example of it, uh, never forget that so much of geopolitics or international relations are a function of the domestic politics of the countries involved. And Blinken is out there making strong statements about you must follow international law and must protect civilians. That's posturing for liberal Democrats, young Democrats, and especially Arab Democrats in the Detroit area. I'm kind of all over the place here on a bunch of different things around Israel that have my uh, uh, underwear in a bunch. I heard something on NPR yesterday, and I mean, I listen to NPR knowing what I'm doing, right? It made me gasp out loud in my car. Wow. I'll have that next. After a quick word from our friends at HelloFresh, the holiday season, we were talking about parties earlier and gatherings and commitments and sports games, and it just gets hectic and shopping. A busy schedule does not mean you have to compromise on dinner. Just try HelloFresh's 15-minute meals. These quick fixes help you get a wholesome dinner on the table in less time than it takes to get delivery, and they're cheaper, too. I doubt there's a less experienced cook than me listening to the show right now, and I've put together some things that actually look appealing and taste fantastic because of HelloFresh makes it so easy. 45 weekly recipes to choose from, over 100 curated picks from the HelloFresh market. It's so much better for you than takeout, too. Uh, and HelloFresh Market has just what you need to please a crowd without the hassle, from photo-worthy charcuterie boards to mouth-watering desserts. Cut back on air and, and your time spent in checkout lines, but prepare wonderful meals for you or your family. Just pick your meals out on a delivery date. Sit back. It's that easy. Get free breakfast for life with the code ARMSTRONGFREE at HelloFresh.com slash ARMSTRONGFREE. That's one breakfast item per box while the subscription is active. That's free be- breakfast for life the code ARMSTRONGFREE at HelloFresh.com slash Armstrong free. How in the hell? I was going to move away from this, but I can't. How in the hell? 
hell does the New York Times, I mean, the Sunday front page is a big deal. You'd think you'd want to get that right, or they got it wrong on purpose. But to claim that more women and children have been killed by Israel, innocent civilians, in a month and a half, that in a year and a half of Putin and Ukraine, and then just update your story later in the day to point out that that's not even close to true. My immediate reaction to that headline was like yours, I think, and virtually everybody's, oh my God, is that true? No, it's no, it's not. It's shocking. that's everybody's universal reaction, maybe you ought to take a minute and check it. Okay, so now I got to get to this. This is what actually made me gasp in my car. I don't remember the last time I gasped in my car or gasped at all, really. So I'm listening to NPR and they're doing a story about Israel and uh, Hamas and the United States and our role and all that sort of stuff. And they're interviewing somebody, and I didn't really know who they're interviewing because you know how that's it when you you come in on a news story. You hear you hear the news anchor voice interviewing some expert, and it turned out it it was somebody who speaks for some news Palestinian newspaper or something like that. Um, so the anchor there on NPR. Uh, talking to this person for a while, then said, Israel and the United States have accused Hamas of using human shields. And I thought, oh, wow, NPR, accused. They've accused them of. Yeah, uh, uh, but Bill Clinton said the other day, yeah, they've been doing it for years. Your own Democrat president says they've been doing it forever. The State Department has confirmed it, but you're going to go with the word accused. That wasn't what made me gasp. The guest they had on, with no pushback whatsoever, then said, the use of human shields has effectively been debunked. There is no proof of that. Wow. With no pushback on NPR. No. No, that was their expert on the story. And they just moved on to, uh, you know, the rest of the conversation. So how are we going to operate in in a world where the New York Times exaggerates by multiples a number mm-hmm. and NPR is going to have guests on saying no the whole human shield things has been debunked in the face of their own party that they prefer right right Hillary Clinton who they were desperate to get elected in 2016 wore their pussycat hats and everything she says unequivocally oh yeah Hamas has done that for years and years that's the way they fight now, seriously how are we gonna how are we gonna operate in this environment I find it, it is, highly troubling. Uh, yeah, as as I keep repeating, it's reminiscent of other moments in history where radical uh, political movements have so distorted the truth and been so effective in the propaganda that they get way, way farther than you think they possibly could because their their ideas are so bankrupt, you know, morally and intellectually. But they their propaganda works, especially with the young. It's wow. scary. Is there a big enough audience for, I mean, NPR's huge. The bulk of their audience wants to hear, no, no, the whole human shield thing has been debunked. There's no proof of that. Really? The Washington Post doesn't believe that. The New York Times doesn't believe that. Hillary Clinton doesn't believe that. Right. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't even know where this goes from here. Is there any point in having in a conversation? That's what I was talking about the debate last night and throwing around a lot of statistics. I'm not sure we, we do live in a post-truth world. I'm not sure there's any point in having any conversations about anything. I hope you're wrong. I can't come up with an argument why you are. God dang it. That's troubling. <laughs> well, I, 
I would say this. Our, our duty is clear. Our ideas had better be better, and we better distribute them as effectively as we can and in a hurry. It could never happen in America that an extreme uh, political movement could, could catch hold and and subvert all that is good and dear here. No way! Again, you know, we were talking earlier about how Israel had Hamas's plans a year ago, but said, nah, they could never pull that off. Underestimating your enemy is suicidal. Yeah, we'll get to more of the details on that coming up later. Yes, Michael? No, I was just thinking, how do you argue with a young person that gets their news from TikTok? Well, yeah, or NPR in this case. Well, and has been indoctrinated practically their entire young life uh, by the very people we, the old and bitter, have hired to educate them. (laughs) Holy crap. We, the old and bitter. (laughs) So, uh, to the topic of Israel and ceasefires and total war and that sort of thing, I want to share with you part of uh, William T. Sherman, General Sherman's uh, letter to the people of Atlanta when they asked him, hey, don't burn our city, That'd that'd be a crappy thing to do. His response is extremely instructive. Sherman? Peabody and Sherman. Sherman, burn the city. Different guy. Different guy. Different guy completely. Okay, stay here. Armstrong and Getty. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Some intel officers in Israel made some really bad calls, it turns out. Uh, We'll get to that. Kick off hour three. Israel clearly is intent on destroying Hamas, so they are no longer a threat. Uh, Various people around the world, including in our country, are saying we need to have a ceasefire. Everybody stop fighting. Let's talk about this. And to that end, I'd like to read you part of uh, General Sherman's letters to... Can you uh, mute your cue speaker there, uh, hands on? Thank you. Um, uh, Sherman's letter to the people of Atlanta who had begged him not to burn the city, and I'm sure all of you are bright enough to insert Israel in place of the Union and 
uh, and understand how this relates. But uh, Sherman writes, gentlemen, I have your letter of the 11th in the nature of, peti- of a petition to revoke my orders, removing all the inhabitants from Atlanta and, and burn the city. I've read it carefully and give full credit to your statements of the distress that will be occasioned and yet shall not revoke my orders because they were not designed to meet the humanities of the case, but to prepare for the future struggles in which millions of good people outside of Atlanta have a deep interest. We must have peace, not only in Atlanta, but in all of America. To secure this, we must stop the war that now desolates our once happy and favored country. To stop the war, we must defeat the rebel armies which are now arrayed against the laws and constitution that all must respect and obey. To defeat those armies, we must prepare the way to reach them in the recesses provided with the arms and instruments which enable us to accomplish our purposes. Now, I've added this fairly uh, extensively because it's long and eloquent, but you cannot qualify war in harsher terms than I will. War is cruelty, and you cannot refine it. And those who brought war into our country deserve all the curses and maledictions a people can pour out. I know I had no hand in making this war, and I know I will make more sacrifices today than any of you to secure peace, but you cannot have peace and a division of our country. You might as well appeal against the thunderstorm as against these terrible hardships of war. They are inevitable. And the only way that the people of Atlanta can hope once more to live in peace and quiet at home is to stop the war, which can only be done by admitting that it began in error and is perpetuated to try pride. And then he goes into, we don't want any of your stuff. But we do want and will have a just obedience to the law of the United States. Then we will have, and that we will have, and if it involves the destruction of your improvements, we cannot help it. I myself have seen in Missouri, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Mississippi hundreds of thousands of women and children fleeing from your armies and desperados, hungry and with bleeding feet. In Memphis, Vicksburg, and Mississippi, we fed thousands upon thousands of families of rebel soldiers left in our hands and whom we could not see starve. Now that war comes home to you, you feel very different. You depreciate its horrors, but did not feel them when you sent carloads of soldiers and ammunition and molded shells and shot to carry war into Kentucky and Tennessee to desolate the homes of hundreds of thousands of good people who only asked to live in peace at their old homes and under the government of their inheritance. But these comparisons are idle. I want peace and believe it can only be reached through union and war, and I will ever conduct war with a view to perfect and early success. But my dear sirs, when peace does come, you may call on me for anything. Then I will share with you the last cracker and watch with you to shield your homes and families against danger from every quarter. Now you must go and take with you the old and feeble, feed and nurse them and build for them in quiet places proper habitations to shield them against the weather until the mad passions of men cool down and allow the union and peace once more to settle over your old homes in Atlanta. Yours in haste, William T. Sherman. Do we have people of that intellect in charge of anything now? I heard somebody asking that question about Henry Kissinger yesterday. Do we have people that smart and thoughtful and deep? And principled. Deeply principled. No. Mostly no. <laughs> they they can't take it. They leave Congress. They leave the Senate. They don't run for office. They look at polls and change their mind based on what the next election is wanting. Yeah. But uh, to summarize Sherman's argument in terms of the Israel-Hamas thing, uh, there can be no peace as long as Hamas is ready and waiting to rain death upon Israel. And they proved beyond a shadow of a doubt and stated it unequivocally. No, we never had any, any intention of living side by side. We duped them into thinking we had that intention in order to more effectively kill them. Like Sherman. The Israelis have one choice. 
Yeah, that actually fits into that revealed document in the New York Times today about Hamas had been planning this for a year, and that was part of the plan was to fool the Israelis into thinking they wouldn't do something like this, which worked. They were successful at that. And like Sherman, you cannot qualify war in harsher terms than I will. War is cruelty. Yeah, what's happening to Gaza is terrible. It's awful. What's the other option? Exactly. There's got to be another option. Say people who just can't deal with questions this big. We got a whole bunch of great texts on a lighter note about things I hate that other people love. I mean, some really good ones. This one person, mayonnaise, cheesecake, and sour cream. Those are three good ones right there. <laughs> oh, I'd rather die than live in a world without sour cream. I agree. I agree. Uh, all that stuff on the way. If you miss a segment, get the podcast. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.